In the previous two weeks, we studied the primary doctrines under which one who commits malpractice can be held liable. He may be liable as a mazik, a tortfeasor, either as a mazik biadayim, a direct tortfeasor, or as a mazik alidei grama vigarmi, an indirect tortfeasor, or as a shomer, a custodian. This week, we consider a third doctrine occasionally invoked in the context of malpractice, the doctrine of implicit arvus, the implicit issuance of a guarantee. The discussion revolves around the following sugya in Bav Metzia, Dafai, and Gimel Amad Beis. Am Rav Chama. Rav Chama's position is, Haiman diyav zuzi lechavrei lemizven lechamra. A principal gives an agent money to purchase wine for him. Upashav lozavin le. The agent, through negligence, does not buy the wine. Mishalam le dekaazel apravasu dezul shabbat. The agent has to pay the principal. Obviously, he has to give back the money, but, it, but he has to pay the principal additionally the loss of anticipated revenue. The principal hoped to make money by buying this wine and reselling it, so now he can't. The, the window of opportunity to do that is, has closed, so he has to pay the, the principal for the loss of anticipated revenue. Parvasa de Zulshufat, Rashi and Tosus discussed, was a place where wine was often bought and sold. It was at, at, least, at least at a specific time, the time of the Batsir, that the Rashi says the time of the harvest, that was an attractive opportunity to buy wine, and then it could be resold, and the agent negligently, negligently did not do so, and the principal thereby relied on him and lost the opportunity to make profit, so the agent is responsible to make up to the principal the lost profit that he had hoped to make. Amra Meymar, Amri Silashmaitzik made Rozid Minarda, Rozid said he related this ruling of Rav Chama to Rozid of Narda, Amar, Rozvid of Narda explained, he qualified, Kika Amar Rav Chama Hanimil Biyayin Stam, Avu Biyayin Zelo. That Rav Chama's din, that he said the agent is responsible, that's only if his instructions were to buy Yayin Stam, the principal didn't specify a particular wine that he was supposed to buy, then we assume that he was able to buy it. The, he was able to buy it, and if he didn't, he's responsible. But if the principal specified Yayin Zeh, buy this particular wine, then the agent is not responsible. Miyemar de Mizabli who said he would have been able to buy that wine? If, if his instructions are only limited to one specific uh, lot of wine, one specific wine, then there's no guarantee he could have done it in the first place, so then he's not liable. But at least in the case of Yayin Stam, where he said any wine, Rav Chama understands that we can assume he would have been able to buy the wine, and if he didn't, out of negligence, then he, then he owes the principal the lost profit. Ravashi disagrees. Ravashi Yom Rafilu Yayin Stam Namilo that the agent is never liable, even in the case of Yayin Stam, the agent is not liable. Such an obligation, even had he stipulated explicitly that he's, gonna, that he's going to make up the, the loss of profit if he doesn't do it, even if he said, and Rashi says, that, that such a condition will be in a, would be in Asmachta. We'll see soon, the Rishonim discuss whether there actually was such a condition or not, but even if there was such a condition, Rashi says, it would not be binding, it would be an asmachta. There's no Kenyan here. So Rashi says, asmachta is a general doctrine, it's difficult to define exactly what is and what is not an asmachta. Asmachta is generally a conditional obligation. According to some, it's specifically referring to a penalty obligation, but certain types of conditional obligations are called asmachta, and they are not binding. The person didn't have uh, full gemir stash. It wasn't a full meeting of the minds that he really intended to pay. Ravashi says such an obligation, an obligation to pay for the agent to pay if he doesn't buy the wine, that is an asmachta, asmachta lokanya. The Gemara goes on to ask, Ravashi, Maishna, We have a very similar din discussed, in, discussed later that a sharecropper makes up with the owner of the property that he's going to 
work the property for a period of time, hopefully raise crops, and they split the crops. They, each one takes some percentage of the crops. So if everything goes according to plan, then the landowner will receive rent. He'll receive a portion of this year's crops as rent for his field. If the agent, if the sharecropper declines, simply refuses to work the field after he agreed to do so, the land lies fallow, no crops are produced, then the agent, then the principal, the, the landowner's share of zero will be zero. And he won't get, he won't get any rent. So the, the landowner won't lose out of pocket, but he'll lose the rent for that year. There the halacha is, the, the, there, the, there the Gemara says, the halacha is, an agent would typically write, the sharecropper would typically write, im over avid, if I let the land lie fallow and I don't work it, ashalim b'meitva. I'll pay you for whatever, whatever lost rent, uh, whatever, whatever rent was lost due to my failure to work the field. So the halacha is, then the, the, then the, the sharecropper is chayiv to pay for it, and because that's what he would usually write. They would typically write in the RS contracts, in the sharecropper contracts, im over avid ashalim b'meitva. So we see, since the sharecropper, by not working, caused the landowner a loss, a loss of projected revenue, he's chayev. We don't say it's nasmachta. So why does Ravashi say that our condition is nasmachta? It sounds like a very similar case. The man sends an agent to buy wine. Landowner delegated working his, working his field to an aris. What's the difference? So Ravashi, the, the Ravashi distinguishes, the Gemara explains, hasam biyado, hachalav biyado. In the case of the Aris, it was it, it's in, in the Aris's full control to do the work and to raise crops. And if he didn't, therefore he's chayev. But in the case of the wine, the shliach to buy the wine, lav biyado, it was not biyado to buy the wine. Rashi says, why? Shemalo yim kurulo, maybe they'll be unwilling to sell him wine. So we said earlier, Rav Zubin Nardah explained, Rav Chama said that yayin zeh is miyemer demizavnele, but yayin stam we assume is biyado, enough biyado to be chayev. Ravashi said, Ravashi holds, according to the Maskana of the Gemara, even Yayin Stam is considered Lav Biyado, Shemaloyim Kurulo. And the Halacha follows Ravashi that, uh, that, that the Shliach is Nachaya for not buying the wine. And, it, and it, it's Nasmachta, it's Lokanya, it's Lav Biyado. It's not like him over Vlav or Dashalam That's the Gemara. The key question discussed by the Rishonim and Achronim is what did Rav Chama hold? Why would he have been Chayev in the first place? Because of what? Is he a Mazik? Did he say he'd be Chayev? Was there an explicit stipulation? The Rishonim discuss why Rav Chama held, what, what, what Rav Chama held, even though we don't pass him like Rav Chama, we pass him like Rav Ashi. Nevertheless, as we'll see in this, maybe future shiurim, we'll see there are ramifications, even lahalacha, even according to Rav Ashi, there are going to be ramifications uh, that, 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 will, that will hinge on how we understand Rav Chama's initial shita. So the rush on, the, the rush on this Gemara, the rush is Amar Rav Chama, he says, There was an explicit stipulation that the agent agreed that he'll be liable if he doesn't buy the wine. If he doesn't buy the wine, he'll have to supply the wine on his own. The Rosh explains, why does he have to make a new kimta that there was an explicit stipulation? Because the halacha is, the Yushalmi says this, the Yushalmi derives it from a brisa, a famous rule in halacha, if someone, through his action, causes someone not to suffer a loss out of pocket, he doesn't destroy his property, but he causes him to fail to realize anticipated profit. He stops his wallet, his, his money, stops his money from generating profit. He's not chayev any enforceable amount. Tarumas, he has tarumas, tarumas. The, the person has the right to be upset at him for causing him to, lo- to lose profit, but he does not have a chiyuv, an actual chiyuv mammon he does not have. Since that, that's how we paskin. Therefore, Lachara the Rosh is saying, 
how can Rav Thomas say Chayev? It sounds like Bittel Kis. It sounds like Mavatel Kis or Shalchavero. So the Rosh says we have to make a new Kimta that it is Hisneimo that he stipulated. Even according to Rav Chama, the Chayev could only have been because he stipulated. Without that, uh, even Rav Chama would never say Chayev. We pass him like Ravashi apparently, but even with a stipulation, the Rosh seems to be saying he's not Chayev because it's not Smachta. Asmachta is generally something that we apply even in the case of an explicit stipulation. Ex- explicit stipulations don't work if they're asmachta. So Kipshuto, the rush seems to understand. We'll see later. Following share, some Achronim just disagree with this, but the simple reading of the rush seems to be that the entire sugya of Chama and Ravashi are talking about Hisna, there was a Tznai. Rav Chama says a Tznai works, at least in the case of Yayin Stam. Ravashi says a Tznai does not work because it's, uh, it's an asmachta. And according to Ravashi, even if you make it tonight, it doesn't work because it's Nasmachta. That's what the Rosh seems to be saying. Rashba says similarly. The Chidushi Rashba says, Afalgav damrinan biyushalmi the mavatl kiso shel chaver potter. So why does Rav Chama say chayef? Even if it is biyado, even if you don't say, like Ravashi, even if you're not worried about Asmachta, it's mavatl kiso. Says the Rashba, hacha b'shehisne b'feirish m'liyekin aloshi yishalom lo kedaz lo parvasa dezolshvat. We're talking about a case. Rav Chama and Ravashi were discussing a case where he explicitly stipulated that he's going to pay the the lost profit. Afilu hachi asin kandeina mishalom. Even in a case where there was an explicit stipulation, the maskana of the Gemara Ravashi shita is that he's not chayev das machtehi v'chol dei lo kani any dei any conditional obligation is not kani. That's a din of asmachta. The Rashba adds, When the Gemara asks, why is this different from the laws of Aris, a sharecropper? So the Rashba explains, Why is an Aris Chayev? Is he Chayev Medina? Why should he be Chayev? That's really Asmachta as well. Ella, Rashba brings from Rav Haigon, Ella, The Chayev there is based on a Minhag, a Minhag that people, that laymen used to have. The Gemara calls it a chiyuv mitzad minhag el hachikamer. The chiyuv there is not meikra din. The chiyuv there is, asma, is really asmachta also, and the chiyuv there only works because of a special minhag el hachikamer. What does the Gemara mean to ask when it asked Maishna miyam over v'laavid? The Gemara's kasha was Maishna delo tiknu baha kidetkinu bai. Why isn't there a takana here? Originally he calls it minhag, now he calls it takana, but he says the, the question is why weren't they misakin here just as they were misakin there? Meikra din the Gemara understood all along. You wouldn't be chayiv in either case because. It's always an asmachta, according to Ravashi. But Lamaisa there, there is some kind of chiv, not miikra din, but mikach minog or mikach takana. Mikach takana, if they were misakin there, why weren't they misakin here? The hadirlay, the hasim tiknu, mishim de biyado. There it's taka only at takana, but there it was biyado, so they were misakin. Uvahalo tiknu, mishim de lav biyado. Here, in the case of the, of the shliach to buy the wine, they were not misakin because it's not biyado. So that's, that's the Rashba, the two parts of the Rashba. The first part says that the etim, there's no chiyuv here, even according to Rav Chama, because of Mavatl Kiso. And you have to say it's because he was stipulated that he should be chayv. And the second part of the Rashba says that within Rashi Shita, that really it's Nasmachta. And even the Gemara's Kasha, the Gemara knew it was Nasmachta. The question was only Mikach Takana. And the Gemara explained there's no Takana because of it's Napiyad. Ritva, however, various other Rishon discuss this as well. But the Ritra brings two, ex- two explanations of the Gemara. Kashali, he asks right away, as the Rosh and the Rashba did implicitly, Why does Rav Chama hold there's any liability here? The halacha is, is He calls it a grama. Post can say, Mavatl Kiso falls under the general category of grama. Loss of anticipated revenue is not mazik because it's grama. 
In the case of itself, in the case of the sharecropper, he's only chayev if he explicitly accepts responsibility. So why here did Rechama hold that he's chayev? So Vatiri 3, first he brings the terrors of the Ri, in line with the other Rishon and the Rush and the Rashba, Rav Chama was talking about where he explicitly stipulated that he'd be liable. If he does not buy the wine, he'll be responsible for his loss, i.e. for his loss of anticipated revenue. Why didn't the Gemara mention this condition? Obviously, according to the read, it's so obvious like the Rush and the Rashba said that this is not, there's no Chiyav Mikra Din. Of course there's no Chiyav without a stipulation. The Gemara is taking for granted there was a stipulation, and it's discussing even with a stipulation, is he chayev, and, uh, and so on, as the Gemara discusses. How you calculate how much you're chayev. So that's the first sheet of the Ri, like the other Rishon. But then the Ritva brings Mori Harav Tiritz. He brings a Teretz in the name of his, of his Rebbe. And this is something fundamentally different from all the other Rishon. We'll see in subsequent Shiurim, some Acharnam learn, all Rishonim agree to this in principle and din, but the, but the Ritva definitely brings a new doctrine which is not clearly expressed by other Rishonim. He presents it, Kipshuto, as a machlokus between the Ri and Mari Harav. Some learn it's a machlokus in Pirish Asugya, but Ladino, they, they may agree in certain conditions. But the, the Ritva now presents a, a new doctrine, a profoundly important and much discussed doctrine, much discussed by the Akronim, Mari Harav Tiritz. Our Gemara is talking about there was no explicit stipulation. Rav Chama held the Shliach is Chayev, even in the absence of any explicit stipulation to that effect. Why? He gave him money to buy merchandise. Had he not relied on the Shliach, had the Shliach not assured him he would do his job, he could have bought the wine himself. He could have found other agents. The agent promised him, assured him, that he would buy the wine, the Samachalab, and he relied on him. The Ritva's language is strikingly parallel to the language of modern law. We call this reliance damages, that somebody makes a commitment, somebody else relies on the commitment, he has detrimental reliance, he relies to his detriment. That's exactly what the Ritva is saying. Zehiv Ticho, he promised him, the Samachalab, he relied on him, but Nasin Lamaosivaldaskain, he gave him his money, so he can't use his money now to buy the wine. The wine is tied up, the agent has it. He has to pay him back, the loss he caused him to incur by his promise. Why? Under what? The hana that he receives, that the, that the, that the principal relies on him and he, and he entrusted him with his money. He's chayev as an arev, as a guarantor. The Ritva's language alludes to the Gemara in the end of Baba Basra. The Gemara says that an Arav is Mishtabed. One of the Svaras the Gemara says is that the Malveh, the, the lender, when he releases the money to the Loveh, to the borrower, based on the Arav's guarantee, the Arav is Chayev, because, if not Asmachta, the Gemara says, because Bahi Hana, the Hana the Arav has, that his word is influential, that the lender trusts him to release the money, Bahi Hana, he's Chayev. Says the Ritva, that is what happens here also. The, the, the agent has Hana, from the fact that the principal relies on him and entrusts him with, with his money, entrusts him with this commission to go buy the wine. The Ritva says this doctrine of Arvas applies in other cases as well. This is, again, implicit Arvas. The regular Arav says, I'm an Arav, I'll be responsible. This person did not say I'm responsible, he just said, I'll buy the wine. The Ritva is saying there was no explicit stipulation, he'll be Chayev. Nevertheless, the Ritva is inventing an incredibly powerful doctrine of implicit Arvas, 
that when you promise to do something, you are implicitly accepting responsibility for the for doing it, and if he, and, and you and, and you're accepting that you will be you'll make up any any loss that someone has because of detri- detrimental reliance upon you, and that's what happens in Schirus Paulim as well. Dibaperikin Dolakaman in the sixth parakin above Metzia Shachayovin Lashalim Balabayis Mashem Afsid Kishachazer Ben Oshem Balabayis Chayav Lashalim Mashem Afsidin. The halacha is that if the if, if an employer and an employee agree to a job, the employer agrees to hire him, employee agrees to do the work, one of them backs out in such a way that the other one has a loss, even a loss of revenue. For example, the balabayas tells the poel, never mind, I don't have a job for you, and now it's too late for the poel to find different work for that day, or vice versa. The poel assured the balabayas he'll do the work. Now he walks away, the balabayas has some kind of loss. So the, the Gemara's mavur that there are chiyuvim in some of these cases, it's a complicated sugya, but in certain cases there are chiyuvim. The question is why? We shall talk about this. Some say it's a dinmazik, it's a form of dina digarmi. The Ritva says, why are they chayiv? Why do they have these mutual obligations to each other? To be mishalim, even mamani says, l'shalim mashim afsidin. It's a dinarvus. The kibbutz is samchuzelzeh. They relied on each other. Nischayivuzelzeh. Whenever people rely on each other, whenever one person relies on another in a commercial context, nischayivuzelzeh mashi afsidu al piv. Each each one who relies on the other, the other becomes liable to him for any loss. And the Ritva means to say any loss, even maniyas arevach, even just loss of future income. That's all included in this in this very powerful, very important extension of arvus, implicit arvus. When someone makes a commitment, he ha- he's implicitly guaranteeing the other person he'll live up to his commitment, and if he doesn't, then he's chayev for any loss, even a loss of Manias Arevach that a mazik would not be chayev for because of the dinam of Batal Kiso. Nevertheless, an Arev is liable for such a thing, and even though there was no explicit arvus, you chayev anyway, the Ritva himself acknowledges Vized din Gadol, this is a very important din. Again, even though the Ritva is saying it to explain Rav Chama, and Rav, and Rav Ashi disagrees, the Ritva means to say, apparently, that the Rav Ashi disagrees when it's Lav Biyado. But in a case where it is Biyado, in a case where, where the issue of Biyado is not an issue, then apparently there's a Chiyuv. So according to the way the other Rishonim learn, maybe that Chiyuv is only if there was an explicit stipulation. But according to the Ri, maybe it's only if there's an explicit stipulation. But the Ritva is telling us, you don't need an explicit stipulation. Rav Chama says, Chayev midin arev, midin implicit arvus. And even Ravashi, the Ritva, seems to be saying, only disagrees because of lav biyado. But in the case of biyado, the Ritva, in the case where the issue of asmachta doesn't apply, then there would be a din of, ar- of arvus. That's why poelam are chayev, even lahalachi, even though we pass like Ravashi. In the case of the poelam and the balabayas, they are chayev to each other for detrimental reliance that the other one had toward them. Because then that's not an issue of biyado, and therefore the Ritva means to say that they're chayav midin arvus v'zedin gadol. That's a din gadol, and indeed, as we'll see in the future shiurim of this week, the, the in, in the subsequent shiurim, this is indeed a din gadol that the post can apply in numerous important cases of halacha lamaisa, even in cases where we can't be mechayev as a mazik because it's mivatel kiso and so on. Nevertheless, some poskim argue that there can be a chayav because of a din arvus. We'll see. We'll see. In the, we'll see in the subsequent shiurim. Not all, the question is: Do we pass in like this doctrine of the ritva? Do other rishonim agree with it? That that remains to be discussed. But this is the sugya, and this is the these these are some of the different uh, comments of the rishonim, the rush, the rashba, the ritva, how to understand the the case of Rav Chama and Ravashi.